God's Road Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nybert. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. I've entitled this morning's message, Confidence and Rejoicing in Hope. There are three glorious words, confidence, rejoicing, and hope. Now these three words come from our text in verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 3. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, I want to be the house of Christ. Uh, The church is called his body, his dwelling place, his house. Every individual believer is one of whom it said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I am his house, I am his dwelling place, I am saved if. Now this if is not a conditional if, it's an evidential if. Here is the evidence that Christ dwells in me. Here is the evidence that I am his house if I hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now let me read the verses that uh, precede this verse in Hebrews chapter 3. The writer to the Hebrews says, Wherefore, holy brethren, Partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now here is what he calls us to consider. Every holy brother, everyone that's a partaker of the heavenly calling, every believer, who was faithful to him, that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now, what did the Lord appoint his son to do? Matthew 121, the very opening chapter of the New Testament, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And he was faithful in what the Father sent him to do. He did what the Father sent him to do, just as Moses was faithful in all his house. Moses was faithful to record exactly what God told him to record. There wasn't any creative license. There wasn't any ad-libbing. He was simply 
giving what God said to do exactly. And he was faithful by the grace of God to do that. For this man, verse 3, the Lord Jesus Christ was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he that builded the house hath more honor than the house. Now, the house, the beautiful structure that's built, may look glorious, but it can't take any glory to itself. It was built by somebody else. It can't take any glory, nor can a believer take any glory in what he is. He has been made by the Lord Jesus Christ, and he can have no glory. Verse 4, for every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God, and he gets the glory in all things. Verse 5, and Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant. Uh, He, by the grace of God, recorded everything God told him to say. He wrote the instructions of the law, the tabernacle. He wrote Genesis through Deuteronomy. And there was no uh, creative license in him uh, writing this. He just gave exactly what God told him to say and write. And he was faithful in all his house. For a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after, what he would write, but Christ as a son over his own house. Uh, A servant abideth not forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you're free indeed. Christ is the son over his own house. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, the first thing I want us to consider is the hope. The hope. Uh, It will not uh, do us any good at all to talk about rejoicing and confidence in the hope if we don't know what the hope is. What is the hope that the writer to the Hebrews is speaking of? It's the hope that every believer possesses. Now, hope. I hope it won't rain tomorrow. That's not what the scripture means by hope. Hope in the Bible is a confident expectation with regard to the future. And that hope always is founded in what God has said. The reason I have this confident expectation with regard to the future is because of what God has said in his word. This is not a vain hope. This is not a hope that I've made up. This is a confident hope coming from the word of God. Now let me give you something that the Bible has to say about hope. And this is important for us to understand. Romans 8, 24 says we're saved by hope. We're saved by hope. We're not saved by the feeling of hope. Hope's a great feeling, isn't it? It's a lot better than feeling despair or depression. Oh, how bright hope is. But I'm not saved by the feeling of hope. I'm saved by the object of that hope, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. If it's something I can see, it's not something I hope in. Uh, I can't see my justification before God. 
I can't see with my eyes that I stand before God without guilt. As a matter of fact, if I look within my heart, it seems the opposite. But I have a hope that I stand before God without sin. Holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Now I have a hope that on judgment day, I'm going to hear God say to me, Todd Nybert, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And let me say this. Do I feel that I've done well and that I'm good and that I'm faithful? No, I don't. I know what a sinful man I am. I don't know how sinful I am, really, but I know this. I'm a sinner. You are too, whether you know it or not. And when Christ says to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant, it's because I'm in Christ. Christ did well. Christ is good. Christ is faithful. When he kept the law, I kept the law. When he died, I died. When he was raised from the dead, I was raised from the dead. He is all my salvation because I'm in him and he did well. He did good. He is good. He was utterly faithful to his father. And what is said of him is said of every believer. I have a hope that when my name is called upon in judgment, there will be nothing but perfect righteousness. I've always done right. I've never committed a sin. It's what the Bible calls justification. This is a lot better than forgiveness. Oh, I love forgiveness. But this is better. I don't have anything to be forgiven for in Christ. My sin has been put away and I stand before God just, without guilt, having kept the law perfectly. And I have a hope that that is what I'm going to hear on Judgment Day. Well done. And I have a hope that everything between now and then, as a matter of fact, everything since the day I was born has worked together for my good and his glory. Because Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. What a hope. I don't have anything to fear. My sin is gone. Everything that takes place, no matter how painful it may be, is God working. And he using it for my good and his glory. What a hope. What a wonderful thing it is to have this hope. Now, let me say this. I want to have a well-grounded hope. There are many people, and I'm going to give you a scripture for why I'm saying many. There are many people who have a hope, but they're going to find out when, it was, when it's too late that it was not a good hope. Now listen to what the Lord says in Matthew chapter 7. He says, many, not just a few, but many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, 
have we not preached in your name? In your name have we not cast out devils? In your name have we not done many wonderful works? Now what I want to point out about these people is all they had to say is about what they did. There's the key. Their hope was in something that they did. And if your hope is in something that you have done, it's no good. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not preached in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? In your name have we not done many wonderful works? Then will I say unto them, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. These people were surprised. They were amazed. They thought if anybody would be in heaven, they would. And they find out when it's too late, they're cast off because they trusted something they did rather than what he did. Now, I don't want to be like that. I want to have this well-grounded hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing I want us to consider is the confidence of that hope. Now, the word confidence in our text is usually translated boldness. The boldness of that hope. The fearless confidence. The cheerful courage. The assurance. The boldness of that hope. I want to give you some scriptures where this word is used that give us some idea of what this means, this confidence, this boldness in that hope. We read in Acts 4.13 when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now Peter and John preached fearlessly, courageously, at a time when they knew they were going to be persecuted and punished for it. And the Pharisees saw this and they were astounded when they saw their boldness, their fearless, cheerful courage. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. There was no worldly reason why they should have this boldness. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. This is where this boldness comes from. Being with the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12. Paul said seeing we have such hope. The hope I've been talking about. The hope of justification. The hope of everything working together for my good. And that means everything in his glory. Seeing we have such hope. We use great plainness or boldness of speech. Here's my hope, that everything God requires of me, I have. I'm not getting into heaven by the skin of my teeth. Bold shall I stand in that great day, for who ought to my charge shall lay. Fully absolved from these I am, from sin's tremendous curse and shame. Colossians 2.10 says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. You lack nothing. 
You have perfect righteousness. You have perfect holiness. You can't get any more love. You can't get any more accepted. You can't get any more well-pleasing to God. Colossians 1.22 says that we're holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. Now, that's what gives me boldness. Not my uh, courage or my uh, ability to preach or my anything. If my fingerprints are on it, I have no confidence in it. But my boldness is in what he has done. Ephesians 3.12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Now, I don't have boldness in my faith, but I have boldness in the faith of him. If you don't have a King James Version, your Bible won't say that. Uh, that's why I love the King James Version. Now, I don't believe uh, the King James Version is a translation. I've heard people that think that the King James Version, uh, as it's stated in the King James language, 1611 is inspired. Now, it's a translation like anything else, but it's the best translation. And I love the way it says where well, our boldness and our access with confidence is by the faith of Him. His Faithfulness. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly under the throne of grace. Now, where is my boldness? I'm coming to a throne of grace, not of works. Oh, my boldness is this. Salvation really is all of grace. It has nothing to do with anything in me. It's the grace of God. By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, if my coming into his presence, into his throne, is, has something to do with something in me, I have no boldness. I'm scared to death. But since it's by grace, what boldness we have. It really is all of grace. Listen to this scripture from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Having therefore boldness, brethren, to enter into the holiest, by the blood of Jesus. Now, my boldness isn't some uh, uh, familiarity that I shouldn't have. My boldness is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. His blood is so poignant to the Father. He calls the blood of Jesus the new and living way, the freshly slaughtered way. It always is new and powerful. It always speaks better things than that of Abel. It's living. It's not some sinful priest bringing in the blood of a dead animal. Animal. It's Christ himself, the living Christ himself, presenting his own blood to the Father as all that's needed. And that gives me boldness, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 1 John 4, 17 puts it this way, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Now, do you hear what he said? Boldness, cheerful confidence, courage, standing before the thrice holy God in judgment. Now, what would give someone boldness for that? 1 John 4, 17, 4, 17 says, we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we 
in this world. Now, this is the privilege of every believer. This is not the privilege of all men. Uh, if I die without Christ, I'll go to hell. I'll be condemned on judgment. This is the privilege of every believer as he is. Well, how is he? He's perfect. He's without sin. He's altogether lovely to the Father. He's in heaven. He's absolutely secure. He's the fairest of 10,000. As he is, with his righteousness, as he is, so are we in this world. Therefore, we can have boldness on the day of judgment. Now, not only does he speak of boldness, cheerful confidence in this hope, he speaks of rejoicing in this hope. Now, this word rejoicing is not the word uh, that is used generally for being glad and being happy, although this makes me glad and happy. But that's not the word used. The word used for rejoicing is the word boasting or glorying, having utter confidence in. Now, in Romans chapter 5, verse 11, we also joy or glory in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we've received the atonement or the complete reconciliation. He reconciled me. Oh, how I glory in what he did for me. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31. Of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now, I do glory, but I don't glory in my works. I don't glory in my understanding. I don't glory in my experience. I glory in the Lord. You see, he's made unto me wisdom so that him being my wisdom, God can have fellowship with me and speak to me as a man speaketh with his friend. I have righteousness, perfect righteousness, so that God is completely pleased with me. I have sanctification in him. He is my sanctification. He is my holiness. He is my complete redemption. I glory. I boast. I rejoice. I have confidence in him and in him alone. Now listen to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. Now before I read this, I want us to remember that Paul is the man that God took into the third heavens. And he taught him the gospel. Paul is the man God used more than anyone else to expound his gospel. God used Paul to write 13 books in the New Testament. Paul was such a remarkable, remarkable man by the grace of God, greatly used of God. Now let's hear what he says. He says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 14, But God forbid 
that I should glory. I'm not to glory in the fact that he took me into the third heavens. I'm not to glory in the fact that he used me to establish so many churches. I'm not to glory in the fact that he used me to read the scriptures or to write the scriptures. I'm to glory in this. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only thing I boast in, the only thing I glory in, is Christ being nailed to a cross and putting away my sin and giving me His righteousness. That is all I have confidence in. That is all I glory in. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, we are the circumcision. We are the true believers which worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. We worship God, Paul says, in the Spirit. No natural man can worship God. I can only worship God as if I have a spiritual nature given in the new birth by God the Holy Spirit. They that worship God must worship Him in spirit, the new man, and in truth, according to the truth of the gospel. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. That's the same word. We glory. We boast in Christ Jesus. Now here's what I see the evidence of true worship is. You rejoice only in Christ and nowhere else. And you know what happens when you rejoice in Christ and nowhere else? You have no confidence in the flesh. Anything that has your fingerprint on it, you have no confidence in. You have confidence only in what he did. Now, we are his house if we hold the confidence, the boldness, and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, I am 63 years old. If the Lord gives me another 20 years, he may. He may give me 30. I might be dead tomorrow. Uh, whatever the Lord's purpose, that's what's going to happen. But I know this. I want to continue to the last day of my life looking only to Christ. I never graduate past that. It never gets better than that. I want to continue, persevere all the way to the end, seeing Christ as my all in salvation and refusing to look anywhere else and refusing to preach anything else. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Perseverance is not staying religious. Perseverance is pers persevering in looking to Christ only, all the way to the end. 
Now, we have this message on CD and DVD. If you call or write, we'll send you a copy. This is Todd Diver praying that God will be pleased to make himself known to you. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.